The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Brother Adams, that's wonderful. Brother Adams has been used of the Lord uh, to uh, pen, write over 1,000 songs. And uh, God is using that, and that's a wonderful thing. And we hope to be able to help him to get many of them out so that other good churches can use them around our nation. And what a blessing that is. God bless you both. Amen. And a great, great song. Romans chapter 1, if you will. Look, if you will, please, again in verse 17. The Bible says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, that uh, little phrase there, the just shall live by faith, is mentioned four times in your Bible. If uh, we were to look at things comparatively so and say that uh, it depends on how often God mentions something that is of the uttermost important, I would dare say if God mentions something four times uh, that the emphasis would state that it is of the utmost importance. Of course, every word that God mentions in the Bible is important. For example, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, that's only mentioned one time in the Bible, but aren't you glad that God gave his only begotten son? And so we praise God for every verse that's written in the Bible. But I, I, I have to say that when God mentions something more than one time, uh, there's a reason for that. And God does want the just those that are saved to live by faith. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now coming up as a young man, uh, I was raised by not my parents, but by uh, some uh, friends of my parents for the first six years of my life. And can I tell you, I've got great memories. Now, many of those great memories go back to the way that I was raised, and that I was raised on a 180-acre farm in Millers, Maryland. And boy, do I remember those younger years where uh, Paul, uh, my uh, adopted granddaddy, would take me out and I would get to ride on the old Ford tractor as we would go out into the meadow and up into the high uh, country of the fields. And I remember riding on his knee as we would take that old Ford tractor and he would let me pretend that I was steering. And, and of course, it didn't have power steering, so you kind of know the end of the story there. And... Uh, but I remember going out into the fields and riding with my grandpa on his knee. And I remember us going out to the fields and first he would hook up the plows. And those plows would go out and break up the hard ground. And then after all that was done and they planted over 100 acres worth of crops and variations of different crops uh, every year. But I remember then after that he'd go back and he'd hook up the disc and the disc would, you know, if you use plows, it's bringing up the big clots of dirt. And uh, you can't plant seed in that big clots of dirt. And so he would go and he'd hook up the disc. And he would run those discs into those fields to be able to break up those big 
clots of dirt. And I remember oftentimes getting to sit on Grandpa's knee, and we would go out there, and, and it was safe. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what he did. He had a big belt, I mean a huge belt, and he would take that belt, and he would put it around his waist, and he would buckle me in so it was big enough to hold me. That wasn't his normal belt, but that's how he made sure I wouldn't fall off and become part of the landscape. And so, uh, but I remember sitting on Grandpa's knee, and I remember doing that uh, several, several times. And later on, when I was about oh, nine, I guess, uh, he'd al already uh, gone home to be with the Lord. And, uh, but uh, his, uh, his uh, 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 sister-in-law, Lottie, that lived with Myrtle at that time, uh, showed me how to run the tractor. And I got to run the tractor all by myself. And, oh, was that fun to get out. There's a nine-year-old boy, and they had to put blocks on top of, uh, 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 of the, uh, of the uh, accelerator, if you would, because my feet was too short. I couldn't reach down there, and so they put wooden blocks on it. And I got to go out and help plow the field with another man by the name of George Range. And, uh, and he plowed, and I plowed. We plowed side by side, so if I did something wrong, George would run over and help me, and I did a lot. A lot of things wrong but I remember those days then I remember the time of planting where we would plant and uh, by the way God always blessed that which we did plant it if we didn't plant it God would not bless it that's common sense and uh, oh by the way can I tell you uh, I've been to many countries around the world and speaking in pastors conferences and crusades and things of that nature where we will preach uh, to uh, as many as 75 people to as many as 15,000 people as we give out the gospel and preach in different type of uh, uh, conferences and crusades and we go out to the farmland and we see uh, how people are farming in different countries around the world and that always interests me because of my background and we'll see how different people are doing farming and, oh, and, and you thank God that you uh, live here in America you thank God for how God has blessed America and can I tell you God has truly blessed America I mean you're living in the land of the free and uh, the home of the brave but you're living in a very prosperous country uh, the most poorest person in our country uh, would be among some of the most richest people in other countries uh, I could read to you stats that I have in my computer where countries where people that are middle income make two thousand dollars a year and that's all they make in various countries around the world and so God has blessed us in a wonderful way but we want to make sure that we continue to have God's blessings in our life and so I want to speak this morning on uh, you sow it you reap it you sow it you reap it look if you will and let's look at some principles I'll give you several here about sowing and reaping statement number one you must sow to reap you must sow to reap. Now that just kind of sounds logical, but sometimes we have to bring the cookies down so that everybody understands and is able to take a little nibble. Uh, but uh, uh, you must sow to reap. Uh, Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, the Bible says, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up the fallow ground, for it uh, is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And and so God is saying that if you sow in righteousness, you're going to reap in mercy. Now, what does that speak of? Well, uh, what you sow is going to be in accordance to what you reap afterwards. And so we have to understand that you must sow in order to reap. 
uh, if you did live on a farm and you thought about going out and planting yourself, if you would, a field, maybe of wheat or maybe of barley, or maybe you're going to go out and plant a field of corn, or maybe you're going to go out and plant it full of green beans, or whatever the case may be. You can think of it all the day long, but until you decide to do it and actually physically put uh, that which is doing it into motion, you're not going to have a harvest. You can think about forgiving someone, but until you do that, forgiveness will never be. You can think about loving someone, but until you put it in the action, it will never be. You can think about, if you will please, having a good day, but until you put it in the action, it will never be. You can think about trying to be good to your neighbor, but if you're not good to your neighbor, it will never be. You can think about how to treat your wife with great respect, dignity, love, and appreciation, but if you don't put it into action, it will never be. See, there's a lot of people that think about doing good. There's a lot of people that think about doing right. There's a lot of people think about what should be done, but they never decide to do it. And because they never decide to do it, it never comes to full fruition. And so you must uh, uh, sow. Uh, to reap. Uh, you have to get in the activity of, so, oh, you want a good relationship with your husband, then you've got to sow goodness. You want a good relationship with your wife, you've got to sow goodness. You want a good relationship with someone else, you've got to sow uh, that which is right in order to reap the right out of it. All people all across America today are thinking about going to a church, but they never show up at church. It was a good thought, but it was a passing thought. Uh, people decide today that, hey, I'm going to support the house of God through my tithes and offerings but they never decide to do it and because they never decide to do it they never will reap the benefit of God so you must sow in order to reap statement number one statement number two if you sow you will reap if you sow you will reap so if you decide you're going to sow one day guess what then you're going to reap you're going to reap the Bible says be not deceived God is not mocked for uh, whatsoever a man soweth that shall we also reap. Now a person says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to sow. Well, then you won't reap. But a person says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sow a little bit. All right, stay with me, friend. You sow a little bit and you reap a little bit. You sow uh, a mediocrely and you'll reap that which is the minimum reaping. Uh, you sow a lot and God will make sure that you reap a lot. I like that verse, don't you? Where it talks about that, that God will give back to you. Uh, the Bible says the same way that you measured it onto him. And so uh, some people say, well, I'll give to God a little bit. Well, God does keep his word and he gives it back to you the same way you measured it to him. So if you give it to him in a thimble, he's going to give it back to you in a thimble yeah he's going to keep his word it's going to be uh, uh full and it's going to be running over but it's still going to be a thimble uh, that he gives back to you now he'll give back to you more than what you sowed but it's going to be given back in the same way that you sowed it and the same it is if somebody gives it in a cup or somebody gives it in a gallon jug or somebody gives it in a 50 gallon jug or somebody gives it uh, in a dump truck or somebody gives it in a warehouse uh, the same way that you give it to god is the same way that god gives it back to you the only difference is that God will make sure that he gives it in a state that is more than what you gave to him where it will be overflowing and pressed down now the Bible says in Proverbs 6 and 15 uh, therefore it says shall his calamity come suddenly suddenly 
uh, shall he be broken without remedy. All right? So uh, if you sow, you will reap. Uh, somebody says, well, I've sowed mischief to God, and I'm not reaping right now. God's mills will ground slowly, but can I tell you, his mills will always ground. Uh, somebody says, well, I tell you what, I'm living in sin, preacher, and because I'm living in sin, it's okay because God is not judging me. Uh, can I tell you, God will always judge. He may not judge according to your timetable, but God will always judge. Uh, you say, but I tell you what, I'm going to a good church, and I just can't uh, understand how come there's some people not living for God in such a good church. Well, can I tell you, don't forget that Cain lived in a perfect society, but he rose up and he committed murder to his brother Abel. Uh, doesn't have anything to do uh, with you living in a certain arena. Has everything to do with what you make your mind up to do. John Lennon uh, taught socialism and uh, he said uh, the way he taught socialism at society uh, should be getting better all the time. I would disagree with Mr. Lennon. I would say this, that the society does not get better without God. God has to be in the center of society. God pity a society that takes God uh, out of their society. Uh, you cannot have a great society without having a great God. You cannot have great prayers answered unless you turn to the great God that answers the prayer. If you sow, you will reap. Statement number one, I said, you must sow to reap. Oh, you can think about sowing all day long, my dear friend. But if you don't sow, if you don't sow, oh, you can think about getting up, coming to church on Sunday night. But if you don't sow, you can think about studying your Bible. You can think about reading your Bible through. You can think about praying. You can think about being good to your neighbor. But if you do not sow, you can think about it all day long. And as you think about it all day long, you'll never get the benefit. Why? Because you've decided not to sow. So I'm saying this, you must sow to reap. Statement number two, uh, you, uh, if you sow, you will reap. You will reap. Now, God promises that if you sow, you will reap. Now, by the way, it would be better to sow good things than bad things. If you're going to reap, it just kind of makes sense. It would be better to sow sweet nothings in your, uh, the ears of your wife and tell her how much you love her than to be mean as a dog and try to destroy the marriage. Why? Because you will reap. You will reap. Oh, it's good for you to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why, preacher? Because you will reap. You will reap. Uh, it is good to come to church. Uh, we have a nation and even churches in our nation that I'm ashamed of uh, in our nation that don't have church on Sunday night. Shame, 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 shame. It used to be that churches would at least have three meetings a week. They'd have Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Oh, may I remind you, you don't need less of God. You need more of God. It would be better for you to come to church and have trouble coming to church, but you know you're sowing in the right area. Why? Because in the area that you sow, you will reap. Oh, church is not always fun. Church is not always exciting. But can I tell you, most of that has to do with the view of the viewer. Uh, you, you can be excited. You know, uh, there's a place uh, in Colorado that you can still pan for gold. There's also a place down in California that you can still pan for gold. 
Now these people that pan for gold, they don't find much because those same streams have been panned for gold for over a hundred years. But boy, do they get excited. They get that pan. They put that pan down in the murky water. They take that pan and they push it this away and push it that away and they will spend hours and hours and hours and hours panning for gold. You know why? Because they have a hopeful wish that they'll find gold. Now, wouldn't that be good if we treated church that way? Wouldn't that be good if we got our pan? Now, don't go buy one and bring it next Sunday, but wouldn't that be good if you, if you came with a pan in your heart and you said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to church, and I'm just going to uh, go through that message that preacher preached, and I know there's something good for me, and I'm going to just keep panning and panning and panning and panning and panning and panning. And by the way, uh, your view changes uh, because you are the viewer. Uh, you can have a teenager, and a teenager says, well, I don't want to go to church now because, I mean, after all, I just might be bored. Well, you as a parent can help them with that. Because if you're excited about it, it is going to come down through the bloodline. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, you must uh, sow uh, to reap. Uh, if you sow, you will reap. Statement number next. Uh, you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Uh, we never went out and sowed lima beans and all of a sudden had corn grow. We never went out and sowed corn and all of a sudden came back and had potatoes. No, no, no. You're going to reap what you sow. Now, by the way, you might not reap it the same day you sow it. Come on. I know people that start tithing. They start tithing. Here's what they do. They start tithing. And then they say, oh, I tell you what, God just said you would bless me. And so I've started tithing. Here it is, God. Don't miss it. It's my pocket. But God doesn't work that way. You know, uh, you have to sow a lot in order to reap. You'll reap more than what you sow. But can I tell you this, that uh, don't put God in your little square box saying, God, if you don't bless me in my timetable, I'm giving up on you. First off, God's going to bless you uh, all throughout eternity, and uh, you might not get all the blessing within your 70 or 75 or 80 years or 90 years of living. Uh, you might get some of the blessings, but you will get all of the blessings in God's timing, whether it be here or whether it be over there, talking about heaven. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that you will reap uh, that you sow, what that you sow. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23 says this. But if, listen to it now, but if ye will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and surely your sin will find you out. My brother could give you a perfect example of that that's in heaven today, looking over, no doubt, on our service here. I remember that Dave stole a watermelon from Fred uh, that lived right beside us. Fred Wise was our neighbor. He had a long pathway that went down a long meadow lane that went down to his farm that was in the valley. And uh, Dave uh, one day decided he wanted to get a watermelon. And so he crept down there one afternoon while Mr. Wise was out in the field working his field, and he stole himself a watermelon. He came up that long country lane, and he ate that watermelon. Did he share it? No, he did not. That's even more sin. No, I'm just kidding. But he ate that watermelon. You know what he did? He took the rind of that watermelon, and he buried it. He didn't want Daddy to see it, and he buried it on the side of the house. Dumb, dumb, dumb. 
about two, three weeks later, guess what was growing on the side of the house? Watermelon. My daddy said, okay, all right, where'd that watermelon come from? At the time, I didn't know what he had done. Found out later, but uh, uh, he went through each one of us boys, and I had three brothers, and went through each one of us boys. He said, watermelons don't grow on themselves. Somebody had to plant the seed. Who planted the seed? And daddy was all mad. A watermelon was growing on the side of the house, and he wanted to know who planted the seed. And Dave confessed up that he snuck down there, down Mr. Wise's lane, and stole Fred's watermelon out of a watermelon patch, and brought it up and ate it on the side of the house did not want to get caught and he buried the rind of the watermelon oh, wait a minute as a man soweth that shall we also reap now that reaping came in it took a course of weeks but it did come in oh, I've talked to men if you will please that's been in prison and what are they doing they're reaping what they have sowed uh, be sure your sin will find you out. There was a man I told about this uh, the other day to some of our leaders. I thought it was so funny. This man was going through a store and he was stealing stuff. You know, had one of these big, long type of overcoats on and uh, he was stealing stuff. It was winter time, so it didn't look awfully weird, but he was stealing stuff and he's st sinking stuff down into his overcoat, his winter overcoat, and he needed an alarm. And so he got an alarm clock and he stuck it down there and here he is, he's checking out, and as he's checking out, guess what went off? The alarm clock. As a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Judges, or excuse me, Job chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says, even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity, it says, and sow wickedness shall reap the same. So here's a person that plows wickedness. Here's a person that is doing that. They're going to reap the same. Uh, can I tell you, uh, one farmer said this. He said this. He said, uh, 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 during the week I sow my wild oats, and on Sunday I pray for a crop failure. Now can I tell you, that's not the way it ought to be. Proverbs 28 and verse 13, the Bible says, He that covereth the sins shall not prosper. Uh, and whosoever, uh, sin is good for these two things, and whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And so what do you do, preacher, when somebody sins? What do you tell them to do? Sin is good for two things. It's good for confessing and it's good for forsaking. That's what sin is good for and only what sin is is good for may i say uh, the standard of the bible is always right we have many opinionated people especially those that are in politics today and uh, don't put much stock in opinionated people that doesn't back up what they believe based on the word of god but uh, we have opinionated people that talk about uh, uh, things uh, uh, such as marriage and, and uh, two men coming together, being married, or two women coming together and being married, or that adultery is not wrong anymore, or practicing, if you would please, sodomy, or uh, legalizing drugs and all sorts of stuff. No, 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 no. Uh, understand that God's word will always be right. We have to go back to that which is the word of God. If God says something is wrong, it was wrong then, it is wrong today. I'm saying this this morning, that you will reap what you sow. Statement number next, uh, the ignorance of what you're sowing will not stop you from reaping. The ignorance of what you're sowing will not stop you from reaping. 
person says, well, I just don't understand that. You tell that to the policeman as you're running down the highway at 104 when the speed limit is 70 miles an hour, and you say, well, I just did not understand it. He'll say, I understand, as he's writing the ticket and giving you a ticket. Uh, the ignorance of what you are sowing will not stop you from reaping. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 19, here's an Old Testament principle. The Bible says, and ye shall keep my statutes, and thou shalt not let uh, cattle gender with a diverse kind, and uh, ye shall not sow in thy field mingled seed, neither with the garment mingle linen with woolen. It says, cometh upon thee. And so there's a principle of the Old Testament. When God gives us a principle in the Old Testament, you can also see that which is the shadow showing up in the New Testament. First John chapter 3 and in verse 8, the Bible says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Uh, for this purpose the son of man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil first john 4 and 4 the bible says and ye are of god little children and have overcome them because a greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and so a person that is sinning in ignorance and by the way you know there's many people that find themselves willfully ignorant they turn to deaf ears like the ostrich that puts the head in the sand yeah and, and they don't stand up for what is right. They don't uh, speak about what is right. You know why? Because they're what we call willfully ignorant. Now, by the way, there's no child of God that has a Bible that can claim to be totally ignorant because God has given them the word of God to be able to govern and guide them through their life. And so we see this, that uh, uh, the ignorance of what uh, a person is sowing, it doesn't stop them from reaping what God has for them to reap. You know, sometimes, just like that watermelon seed that Dave buried in the side of that Ryan on the side of the house, um, a watermelon's going to come up because that's what he buried. Uh, we would go out and on the sides of the field, sometimes we'd take trucks out and we'd have grains be in the trucks and whatnot, or we would have on the wagon drain, uh, grain and stuff like that, seed, if you will, that was going to be buried. And did you know some of that would slip off along the way? It would. It would slip off along the way. And so on the edge of uh, maybe a wheat field, you'd see a couple of corn stalks. You know why? Because it's what was planted. Did you know you can plant things without knowing that you planted them if you're not careful, and then you see these things springing up everywhere? You can plant a bad attitude, and then, but you don't know that you planted it because after all, you only had a bad attitude one time. But then what happens with that is all of a sudden now you start to see the product growing as people say, well, I don't want to hang around so-and-so because they got a bad attitude. You see? So you got to be careful what you plant even as a byproduct. And then let me give you this, and I'm done, and that is this. Uh, you will reap more than you sow. Now, for those of us that try to sow goodness, those of us that try to sow righteousness, those of us that try to sow uh, doing right, can I tell you, we like that verse. But for those that are living in sin, those that are living away from God, those that have decided that, hey, it doesn't matter what God has to say, that is God's opinion, and my opinion's just as valuable as God's opinion. Can I tell you that they are also going to reap Here's what the Bible says, Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. The Bible says, and they that have sown, it says, and they have sown, it says, the wind. 
shall reap the whirlwind. Or they're reaping more than what they sowed. They just sowed the wind, but now they're reaping the whirlwind. The Bible says uh, it uh, hath no stalk. It says the bud shall uh, yield no meal. Uh, if, it says, uh, so be it yield, the strangers shall uh, swallow it up. So what is he saying here? He's saying that it's going to be fulfilled, and whatever you sow, you're going to reap more. You're going to reap more. And so you go into a room, stand if you will, and so you go into a room, and here's the fellow looking down, looking discouraged, looking pitiful. I mean, here he is. He just doesn't have a really good day, doesn't have a good constitution about him, doesn't have a good outlook about him, and so he's looking down pretty poorly, and I go in the room, and I say, look, it's going to be okay, and he begins to chipper up just a little bit. I talk to him about the Lord. I get him to come to church. He comes to church. He hears some good preaching, and God begins to work in his heart and change his life forever. And what takes place is this. All of a sudden now, he becomes funky he becomes happy Amen. he took his Wheaties this morning <laughs> and uh, or his Geritol and uh, but he he got it all right now wait a minute watch this okay now here's what takes place is is uh, uh, now things have changed in his life but that had to be a choice that had to be a choice Every person in here has had somebody that's done you wrong. Every person in here has had somebody that has slapped you, uh, maybe mentally or something like that. Uh, uh, you've had somebody that has uh, taken you uh, uh, to a, a Facebook challenge or what, isn't that something? Uh, but uh, you've had somebody that's written a bad book about you, or uh, you've had a neighbor that spoke ill about you. You had a kid, you had a child, you had a grandchild that did not agree with you, and they threw a fit, and they broke your special uh, little thing that was on the shelf so low. And so... Uh, and, and all of a sudden you go through a despairing time now by the way depending on how you go through that despairing time is how you're going to come out of that despairing time you know I, I like it when I'm around people that are not so possessed stay with me now that is not stay with me I like being around people that are not so possessed by their possessions that their possessions possess them You know, uh, this person gets this fancy vehicle, and they're so afraid that somebody's going to, uh, you know, put a dent in it. You know, some people's life's jobs is to go around and put dents in people's vehicles. <laughs> but you get this fancy vehicle, and you say, oh, I've got to protect it. I've got to put it over here. Now, I would say that probably that possession has possession of you. Now, I think you ought to take care of God's stuff that God gives you. You're a steward. I think you ought to take care of a, a nice article of clothing, and I think you ought to take care of a, a, a nice vehicle, and I think you ought to take care of your, the place you stay, the residence you live in, the property that you own. I think you ought to take good care of that. But I'm going to say, it ought not to bend you out of shape if it gets bent out of shape. It ought not to overcome you. God needs to, God needs to stay in control of your spirit, not you. Oh, you see somebody coming to church. He got poochy lip. He's down. He's the okay. But uh, that's a choice. That's a choice. Woe is me. Uh, somebody said, uh, mm, uh, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Well, that sounds like a horrible day. <laughs> Unless it's those candy worms. <laughs> but can I tell you, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you, you can decide what type of person you want to be. 
Now, I'm saying this. Thank you. Be seated. John chapter 4 and verse 36. Last verse I'll read. The Bible says this. He that soweth, it says, receiveth wages. And gathereth, it says, fruit unto eternal life. Both he that soweth and he that reapeth, watch it now, rejoiceth together. Oh, here's a bus captain goes out, and a bus captain does their very best with their team to be able to get boys and girls, teenagers, men and women, to ride the bus. Now, can I tell you, I rejoice with each and every one of them. Oh, here's another independent Baptist church, and they have a big day, and they hit a thousand or something like that. Uh, you know, I rejoice with them. I've often told preachers, we're not in it to compete, we're in it to complete. We're supposed to complete each other. It's not a race, it's serving God. Now, can I tell you, listen, uh, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, he that uh, uh, reapeth receiveth wages and uh, gathereth fruit unto eternal life. Both he that soweth and reapeth, it says, may rejoice together. Oh, you ever see somebody get jealous because somebody else receives a gift and they didn't receive a gift? What's that called, preacher? That's called immaturity. Uh, we ought to rejoice when somebody gets blessed. We ought to rejoice. You say, well, I don't think I ought to rejoice. If somebody gets more than me, oh, I think you ought to rejoice every time somebody gets more than you. Uh, there's no room for jealousy. Sigmund Freud uh, wrote in uh, uh, one of his letters as he was uh, getting ready to die, an old man now, getting ready to die, Sigmund Freud wrote this, I am above all men most miserable. His next statement I am as miserable as a dog. Well, that's pretty low and stinky. Now, can I say this? Can I say statement number last, and that is this. You will reap more than you sow. I, I've been in many nursing homes. I've come across many unbelievers that are very unhappy. I've been in many nursing homes, and I've come across many believers that are happy and jovial. Why? Because of the fact of uh, they know this is not their final place. Uh, I've visited many men in prison. I've been uh, in many, many different institutions trying to help people and love people. And, uh, oh, can I tell you, I've been in many schools and many, many colleges and whatnot and speaking. And can I tell you, uh, men that find themselves most miserable normally is because the focus is on them and not on him. Because he is the one that can bring you out of your state of miserableness. Mrs. Foster's here, and I love Mrs. Foster. I had the privilege to speak at uh, Larry's funeral. And oh my, can I tell you, can I tell you, can I tell you, I, I even broke into tears out there at the gravesite. And uh, I thank the people for being such a loving family. I said, very seldom have I ever spoken at a funeral, and I've spoken at, oh, probably more than 100 funerals in my lifetime. But uh, I've never, never seen a family that was so loving and so kind. But, you know, here's what happened. They purposed that before they went to the funeral. They purposed that as they were living life with Daddy and with Grandpa. Now, you know, you decide. You decide. You can be like old Sigmund Freud. You can say, I am as miserable as a dog. You can do that if you want, but that doesn't sound like anybody has God. Or you can say, boy, God can help me through this. Greater is he that is in me than he, he, he that is in the world. And I can make it through any challenge in life because God will help me. 
Oh, so he wants to do that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please. We say, preacher, please pray for me. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.